I, I, I knew I wanted to join the army. Yep. And I wanted to go to war. If, if, if we're going to be br brutally honest, I only married her because I didn't want to live with four blokes in a block. You get, you get a pad, you get an army house. <laughs> <laughs> My war started as a child and I just carried it on through adulthood. And I, I didn't give a fuck about politics. Did you give a fuck about the people who were getting killed in Iraq? No. No. Truthfully, no. No. I've never ever been scared in a firefight or a gun battle in my life. In fact, it's, I call it war porn. I actually love it. My anger's not at them. It's not the man driving towards you. It's not at you. Yeah, I get it. Because I think you've been put in a position you shouldn't have been put in. My anger's at the government who have invaded a country unlawfully and fucking put loads of men in there and innocent people getting killed left, right and centre. Do you feel like your purpose at home now? Yeah, my son. Okay. Watching him grow up and be better than me is my aim in life. How do you feel if he did die? Ain't bothered me. Not bothered. Information covered up, censorship, corruption. The mainstream media have proven itself to be untrustworthy. I'm here to give a platform for debate, for truth, for open discussion. I'm introducing you to my podcast, Silenced with Tommy Robinson. Exactly is Tommy Robinson or Stephen Gaxley Lane with the English Defence League? The problem is with Islamic English far right Islamophobic activism. Since then, there's been organised protests across the country in London, Manchester, Leeds. People in their thousands are marching for Robinson's rights. There is no such thing in this country as a Muslim free Tommy Robinson. Ben Close, a former Kettering soldier for the Coldstream Guards Regiment, has served in Iraq, Bosnia and Afghanistan. He admits to suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, and has released the first of two books about his life story, When War Follows You Home. Ben grew up in difficult circumstances, joining the army in 2003 and going on various tours of war zones. He admits his PTSD has led him to drinking too much and getting into trouble. After a couple of years at home, he went back to work as a mercenary, tackling pirates in Somalia and then working in Yemen in 2016. He hopes that by publishing this story, he'll be able to reach out to those who are struggling. Welcome to my latest podcast of Silence, where I'm joined today with a friend. A friend who has released a book. He covers some important subjects. He was in the military. The book's called When War Follows You Home. It says Ben Close. I've never known him as Ben Close. I only know him as Bravo. So Bravo, thank yep. you for joining me. Thank you, mate. We're going to have some fun now because you're my mate. <laughs> nah, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I want to, um, I'd like to delve into your life. You, I've, I've known you how long? I've known you years um, since meeting you. You're a character. I'd say that, like myself, and this isn't an insult, like myself, I'd say at times we're off our head. And I'd like to understand Mis why. Misunderstood. Misunderstood. That's a better way of saying that's it. That's one. That's a better way of saying it, saying it. Bravo, you're definitely misunderstood. <laughs> In the group chat, anyway. What, what group chat? <laughs> I want to know, mate. I want to know. Talk to me. You explain what this book is about. This book is a, a, a first book. It's the first book. Um, about part of my life 
And basically, it started off as a, a diary. A diary. Uh, I was in Yemen in 2016, just had my little boy. And people used to say, you should write a book, you should write a book. And this was in 2016. So I just basically made a diary on Word, on Microsoft Word. I just did a diary, basically a diary. What, writing down things daily? Just weekly? From, where, from what I could remember as childhood. Okay. Which went back to about five years old. Yep. Uh, so I just started typing up. And to be honest, it was like a bit of therapy for me as well. Because childhood was not great. Which, um, but, uh, but yeah, it took me seven years, what we're here now. Uh, ended up writing 135,125 words. Okay. Didn't didn't expect it to be a book to start with. Like I say, it was more like therapy. Yeah. Um, then when I started looking into it, I thought it could maybe help people. We're talking about your troubles. Talk about troubles. and. Is this about troubles at war? Is this about troubles prior to war? As it says in the book, when war follows you home, and when you when you go more into the book, it can be you can walk and walk and be at home as well. So, you said troubles in your childhood. Yeah. What troubles did you have in your childhood? Well, obviously, like like a lot of people, broke, uh, broken family. So you grew up with your mum or your dad? Uh, my mum, obviously, mum was in, in Kettering, dad was in Luton, obviously. Um, so I grew up in between both of them. Okay. Uh, my mum met. Some so you are. So you actually do have a Luton grounding, because we always ban you about because you live in Kettering, but you're a Luton fan, and you're. I'm, I'm Man United, and it's in the Premier League. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so you. So mum was in Kettering, dad was in Luton. Yeah. Not together then. No, not together. And um, what age were they not? To, what age were they not together when you when you were how old? I ain't got from when you can remember, yeah. So they were never together from. No, yeah, yeah, they were never together from what I remember. Okay. Like I say, from five years old, I remember because my sister was five years younger. Uh, no, sorry, ten years younger than me. My sister. Okay. Something like that, roughly. My mum met another man. Yep. And he abused her quite a lot. He abused your mum. He abused my mum. Yeah. Physically. Physically, mentally. Violence. But domestic, complete violence and. I don't want to indulge too much into it because... Did you used to witness it? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. And I was growing up... When uh, you was how old is that? How old was you witnessing that? Pretty much from when my sister was born, so... I, I'm not going to lie, I don't know. I don't know how old she is. I don't really talk to her. But it's a shame. We drifted apart. Well, if she was roughly 10 years younger, so from when you were 10 years old... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so let's go with that one. Yeah. When you were 10 years old, what, he used to, you used to watch him beat her... It started off watching, watching, watching him beat her. Um, obviously, my brother and sister came along. Then it became more of a hearing subject because I would be looking after my brother and sister whilst listening to domestic violence downstairs. Um, your brother, you're close with, right? Yeah. How old was your brother? About you? So he's a year younger than my sister. So. Okay, so you're ten years older than both of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah I was basically like their dad growing up. I, I, I was their dad because their dad was just. Beating, beating, beating the fuck out of mum. Okay. And, and and as a young as a young child, when when did that stop? It didn't. It didn't um, stop. How old are you childhood? Uh, up until I was about fifteen years old. About fifteen years old. Uh, but what what annoyed me the most was if you're doing it to my mum. My dad's a bit of a character from Lumen himself, and he never used to touch me. 
So it got to the point as I was growing up, I just thought, fuck this, I'm going to I'm gonna have it out with him. Uh, I used to hear things in the bedroom. I used to witness like, things physically. Like what? Hear like what in the bedroom? It's, uh, only, only things you can imagine, you know? Right. Struggle, maybe, maybe. She's screaming, he's abusing her. Exactly. And... Were, not, were your brother and sister, are they his children? They are, yeah. Okay. But he'd never touched me because my father... He was worried by your dad. He was. And there was there was times where, so at the age of 15 years old, I was I moved to Stopsley. And, um, Who did you move to Stopsley to live? My nan and granddad. My okay. And, and I had to get away from it all. Stopsley's where I'm from, in Lewin. Yeah. Stopsley's the area. Yeah. Um, Bank Avenue, where was that? So you moved there when you were fifteen. Did he ever abuse your little sister and little brother? I wouldn't know. Not 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 when I was there. Not when I was there. No. Um, but he, as a child, when I was coming home from school, I used to basically do room clearances when I come home from school because sometimes he'd be there, sometimes he wouldn't be there. What do you mean room clearances? Basically, I used, I used, to, I used to go through the front door, yeah, I'd pick up a knife in the kitchen, and go around every door kicking it. To see if see if he was in there, because I didn't want him anywhere near my mum, and he just he, yeah, I just wanted to kill him. To be honest with you. Hmm. And is that what made? Did you did, did you choose to leave? Did your mum? What did you? What was going on? Why why didn't your mum get rid of him? Uh, she did, but he kept coming back, and I've been going back a long time. And obviously, I was I was very young, a lot younger then. Hmm. All I remember is the, I don't remember any good bits. It's just bad. It was just bad bits, to be fair. Hmm. So. Like I said, moved to my granddad's and Did you uh, choose to move to mum dad's granddad's? Did you choose to did you ring them? Did or I were you struggling? I I, I was struggling anyway at school. I, it, I was always struggling at school because well I dyslexic I, I dyslexia, right? Yeah. Which is no big deal. But back then it was a big deal because you used to get classed as a special needs student. Okay. But so you had that at home and then so you'd act the clown at school. So you'd act the clown, yeah. Act the clown, just so you don't, so you don't sort of... If you're struggling with the work, it, you'd act the clown it, anyway because you can't do the work. Yeah, exactly. And rather than getting took out of class to go into a special needs department, you get kicked out You get kicked out anyway. Okay. But uh, at this point, anyway, I was, I was in the Army Cadets until I went to Luton, and then I just thought, my dad was a soldier, my granddad was a soldier, and I just thought, you know what, I want to go in the Army. I'm, you know, I'm going to join the Army. And... Like I say, yeah. I mean, this 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 man, this man. I'd love to mention. I'd love to mention his name. Mention his name. His name. His name's Andrew, right? I'm not. His name's Andrew. Uh, Where's he now? He's in Nottingham. So he's not with your mum. No. When did that end? How was your mum? Sorry. How was your mum? Scarred. Uh, since this book's come out, we didn't. We, this is the thing. Me and my mum separated quite a lot as well. And I used to, I used to, I used to blame myself. And mum, if you're watching this, you sent me a text message after uh, watching the podcast with Richard, and it had her in tears. And she basically, she basically, she was saying to me, I was her hero, and she was so proud of me. And if I wasn't there to look after my brother and my sister, she'd never have really coped. How, how is that as a young kid? As a young kid, then. Did you have a childhood? As a young kid from the age of 10, if you're having to look after little babies and you did you feel like you had to you had to protect them? Did you feel pressure? 
I, I just looked, had some Kalatham. I just had some Kalatham from my sister. And I had, luck, luckily, I had grandparents. Your, my, fa your father's mum and dad? They, I'm close, I, I was close, probably passed away, yes. I was closer to them than my mum's uh, mother and father. Why? I think, I used to think I got blamed for a lot of things back then. I used to think that I got blamed. And that's why I kind of separated from that side of the family. It's only been recently, a lot of it since I decided to release a book and, and tell the story. Well, and then you think that they're looking and hearing how you felt as a child. My mum, my, my mum like, messaged me and she, she was in tears. And my, my brother rang me and said, fuck me, mum's, mum's broken down. And she was apologising for my childhood. And I just said to her, I said, we're all victims, mum. You're still here. And that's what matters. Your brother, if you spoke to your, if you broke, spoke to your brother, was he scarred by what? Luckily, did luck he not hear it? Luckily, he was too young. They were too young, and I, and I and I looked after them enough for them. They know, they know what happened. Majority of it, but I, 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 I took it on the chin for everybody else. Which must be hard as a little kid. You're a kid. Yeah. And what does your mum so? Does your mum feel blame? Does she feel guilt for that? Does she I, feel... I used to think they hated me, right? I used to think they, everyone hated me. I knew deep down they loved me, but it, it felt like they hated me. And well, I'm, I'm guessing he, by the abusive man he sounds like he was, is, would have treated yeah. you very differently anyway to his own kids, did he? Or not? Yeah. Was you treated... Would he treat you separately to his own two children? To be honest, to be honest, he didn't really... He's got other children as well. Which you know a lot of people have, you know. uh, but he, 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 he. I can't really explain it. He just he was just an abusive man. He, he just he used to he, he used to batter. He used to batter, smash the house up. Blab. Then it, was then, he a, was he a drinker, a drug abuser? Do you know what the funny thing is? I don't remember him drinking that much. He went to the gym. Funny thing is, I've got a friend. Um, hope you don't mind me saying, Vince, right? He's a bodybuilder, yep. and he's a good friend of mine now. Back in the day, this man was his friend, and when I told my friend about what used to happen, he was like, "No, nah, right, that's not the man that I know." So he's masked it pretty well. People think he's a nice guy. Yeah, but he was abusive inside the home. You never know what's going on inside. You never, you never, you never know what's going no. on inside someone's house. No, exactly. You see someone, you think they're happy. You don't know what's going on. Exactly. Did any of this come off at, come over at school? Did teachers ever notice? I was always getting fights at school. You was channeling. Was that? Would you say that's because? Are you? I was probably because I was a little angry man. I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. Oh, are you angry? I was thinking. Why am I even asking that question? You're, li you're littler than me and angrier than me. My name's Sam. I'm a small. <laughs> I'm a small angry man. <laughs> Pure little man syndrome. Now, but I, was, I was about to say. Do you think it made you angry? But I know you're angry. But do you think that? Do you think that as a child, did you know how to channel those emotions? No. Was it anger? Was it fear? Were you scared? Of I was absolutely. I was petrified for my mother. I know that he'd never touch me because He's my, my father would kill him, and that nearly happened. Um, so, in fact, my mum saved that man's life. While I, whilst I was in Luton, I had a phone call, and it was my father. He basically said, "Where does he live?" 
and he lived he was in Corby, he lived in Brayford Avenue. He took him and a few mates went around there and they were gonna they were gonna do away with him. But my nan heard the phone call. My, my son was 15, so I could have got done for conspiracy to murder at the age of 15. Because I told my dad where he lived. She she rang my mum, my mum rang my dad. So she, even though he was that abusive, she, she still looked after him. Your mum still Maybe she's done the right thing. Maybe she did the right thing. Maybe she's done the right thing for you. But did tell me what it's like as a little child then. How did you feel in a room while you're listening, while you're hearing him beat your mum? How does it feel? Were you angry? Were you scared? Is it fear? Is I, it fear? I was. I used to get involved. I, I, as long as my brother and sister, there, there was time, there was times where I'd have my brother and sister holding their ears, so they don't hear it. But he used to put the music on really loud as well. So the music, whilst he beating them. Yeah, like, so the music, the music would be on really loud, but you can hear what's going on downstairs. So there was times where I was looking up, locking my brother and sister in the bedroom, or like just trying to put the TV on so they, they don't hear what's going on. And then it, when I started getting a bit older, like I say, towards the, end, the age of 14, 15, I was just thought, fuck this. So I, I used to fight him as a grown man, and a child fighting a grown man. And he actually rang the police on me, believe it or not. He actually, he had the audacity to ring the police on me. For a fight, for fighting him? For, for, for hitting him in the back, hitting him in the head. He rang the police. And the police came round, like, they, I didn't get arrested. Did you explain but, to the police about your mum at the time or not? I, listen, I, it's, I, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was going on. It, it's, it's like, it was, it's, the sad thing is, it was normal. It was, it, 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 it got to the stage where it was normal. Yeah, it was just part of the day. It was just part of day and day life, you know? And then, like I say, he got a, from what I know now, he obviously got a restraining order, but he used to breach it a lot. That's why well, your, I, your mum got a restraining order against him. I believe him, so. I believe so. Preventing him from coming out. My mum used to try to protect me by not telling me what, the truth. Yeah. So, but then there'd be times, like I say, when I'd come home and I'd see this fox, uh, like this Vauxhall or Ford parked up or round the corner, and he'd be in the he'd be in the living room playing his guitar and he's not supposed to be in there. But he, so I'd, I'd, I'd literally walk into I'd, this is where the room clearance and start like came about. So I'd, I'd go in the house. And he'd be there on his on his guitar, but he wouldn't say anything. He's playing his guitar. I know he wasn't supposed to be there. So I'm trying to ring my mum, and he just he just look at that and just play his guitar like just just yeah like fucking weirdo. But your mum, so he's basically waiting for mum to come home. Yeah. Like, sorry, sorry. Did she let him in? Was she letting him in? He was used she... to, he used to, he used to break in. Okay. I mean, there, there was a time in my bedroom. He got through my bedroom, my bedroom window. And I had um, a lot of, uh, what, what do you call them? A pool table that, that converted into like a table tennis thing, you know, yeah. like small one up. He broke that, breaking in, like, you know what I mean? I was, I was good. I was, I was good. It, it, got, it got to the point so so bad. Like, the first person I ever shot, right, was, my, was a friend called Stuart McKay with an air rifle. What I used to do, I used to, I used to, I used to cock, the, cock the rifle. First person you ever shot, are we going on, how many people have you shot? That's, I, wouldn't, I don't want to go into that. Okay, so your first person you shot was a friend. Yeah, what did you shoot him with? An air rifle. Only an air rifle. I didn't, I didn't know the pellet was in. There. I didn't. Know. Basically, I used to I used to keep the air rifle next to my bed. Yep. And I just seen him come. But the reason I did that was because I was waiting for him to come back. I was yeah. Waiting for him to come back. But my mate Stuart came across the green, and I had the pellet. I forgot that I had the pellet in the in the in the in the, in the gun. 
in the rifle. So I put it up, put it outside the window. And he goes, come on then. I said, yeah, because the army gets not. Hole who goes there. And he's like, you ain't got it in you. So I, I, I fired, but I didn't, know the, I didn't know the round was there. And he caught him straight in the back of it, in the head. Like, and I thought, he was, I thought he was joking. I was like, and then everyone's like, oh, come down, come down, come down. So you've just shot your mate in the head? Yeah, I know. How was he? He had a headache. And didn't, he didn't draw blood? Yeah, it did, yeah. Lucky, I mean, lucky he didn't hit me in the eye. Really. Yeah, blinding. Look, would have been a blinding shot, though. <laughs> you, and you, um, <laughs> brother, you, so you leave, you leave your home at 15 and you move to a totally new area then? Yeah. Your nan and granddad. Talk to me about your nan and granddad. I love my nan and granddad. Like, they, they, used, they used to get me, they used to take me on so many holidays. Florida, Spain, funny enough, where, where we are now. Um, What's your nan's name? Joyce. Granddad? What's your granddad's name? George. George. Yeah, George, George Allen. Joyce. Okay, so you've moved to live with them. You have good memories of them? The better, only good memories. That's, you know, I've dedicated my book to my granddad. Because he was my dad. I didn't see a lot of my dad either, you see. So he, was, he wasn't really on the scene. He was there when he... He wasn't on the scene, but... He, he was, weren't in contact daily. No, he, he wasn't. He, no, he, 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 he was a bit of a letdown. A massive letdown. But my granddad stepped up to the mark. So it, my nan and granddad would take me on holidays. They'd, they'd get me my Christmas presents. They'd get me... You know, I spent Christmas days there. I spent my birthdays there. So your fondest memories of your childhood are your nan and granddad? Well, I'll put it this way. When I got diagnosed with PTSD, yeah. when I was going through therapy, my safe place, you have a safe place when you're going through therapy, and it was 39 Moss Bank Avenue in Luton. That was my safe place. So that's how much it meant to me. That was my safe That was my safe place. That's where you felt safe as a, yeah. as a, as a youngster. And, 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 and to be honest with you, if there's a heaven, I'd go back to Moss Bank Avenue now, 39 Moss Bank Avenue. Because that is where my best memories are. Are they still alive now? Unfortunately not, no. When did they pass? My nan passed in 2014. My granddad passed away before I joined the army. So Okay. And I made him the promise that I'd join the army. Because he was in the army? Yeah. Who did what? what? He was, uh, he's, I believe he was in Royal Engineers he was in. And your dad was in the army? Yeah. So he was in the Royal Engineers and he passed, how old would you have been when he passed, do you know? 16, 17. So just before you went to the army, was him passing, was that a push to the army? Was that no. why? I used, to, I used to ask him about the army all the time. He used to buy me little army figures. I don't know why I wanted to join the army. It was just in my blood. In fact... My, my, my family bloodline has been a soldier in every conflict, literally every single conflict, going back to World War One, yeah. which, which has been traced. So maybe it was just in my DNA, or maybe I was just an angry, an angry little fucker and just wanted to go to the army. But I don't know. But okay. I just, it, it, was just, it was just something how, that... How did you feel when you've gone from an abusive home and listened to violence and then stay in what was your... You're in hands for a couple of years while you're in there? Sorry? Was you got your, na your nan and granddad's for a couple of years? It was, no, it, it was literally like, uh, when I say I moved there, it was, it was like, I'd go there for a month and I'd go home. So it was like split. Back and forth. It, yeah, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, I, I promised my granddad, the day he died, when I found out he had cancer, I was 
absolutely heartbroken. Couldn't stop crying. And I went to see him. The last time I seen him, I promised him I'd become a soldier. He was laying in bed at Moss Bank Avenue. And it was a day guy that it almost like he waited for me. Not like he waited for me. He put his thumb up to me. I promised I was going to the army. And I actually failed. I put, his, I put my thumb up. He put his thumb up. And that was that. He what, died that night. What was the last thing he said to you then? I love you. So you made a promise to him on his deathbed. As I said, so you wanted to go in the army anyway, but... I think, promised him. I, pro I promised him I'd, I'd join the army. Do you think that brought him comfort? Did he, did, did he want you to join the army? No, he, he wanted me to be happy. Yeah. He, he just wanted me to be happy. And... I, 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 when I failed my first army selection at the age of 17, I was, I was like, I failed. I failed my granddad. What did you fail on? Medical. Why? Uh, I lost my like twelve years old and inhaler. So I got. I got. You have to get. It, yeah. Then you have to prove ten years, didn't you? Or, yeah, to get it signed off. I so basically I went to join the army. Went went to went to Litchfield. Done the um, got to the medical, and they they basically said no. Didn't even make it. Didn't even make it past like the front door really. And I was. On the truck, so angry, crying, just like, well, I've ruined my promise to my granddad. What do I do? So then, then I decided what do I do? Like, what to do. So there was a TA, a Territorial Army unit in Corby. They, they weren't linked. Now, nowadays, they're linked up by, by JPA computer. Back then, they weren't. It was paperwork. So you could literally, like, not get in there, but you could try and go there. But I decided I was going to join the Foreign Legion. Me and my dad were talking a lot then, a bit more. So I decided, you know what, join the TA and join the Foreign Legion at the age of 18. If Foreign like, Legion you know, is the French... French Foreign Legion, Where yeah. you can go with criminal records, you can go join them, no matter who you are, what you want. They take anyone or anyone. Pretty much, yeah. So that's what I thought I'd get in, to take anyone. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but uh, no, you know what, uh, but then my mum knew I wanted to join the army, so she started appealing... The asthma thing went through the MP, and just before I was going to go to Marseille, which is where the Foreign Legion recruit, I was in the TA, was was going to go to Marseille, and I got a letter through from the from from, um, from the army, EMOD, sorry, and they basically said I'd go to Frimley Park Hospital to basically prove to go onto a running machine to prove I didn't have to prove I didn't have respiration or what problems. Yeah. So the Foreign Legion forgot about that and cracked on with that. And how'd you go on? Passed it. Passed it? Yeah. So then you had to do another army selection? Yep. Went back to went back to Litchfield. Yep. Passed that. 17, 18? How old? Uh, 17. Yep. Uh, 18, sorry. 18. Uh, well, I joined, I, joined, I joined in October 2013. Okay. 28th October. First, sorry, 13th October 2000. How old are you, brother? 38. Okay, cool. So... Sorry, 2000, officially 2003. Three years. 2003. Okay. What am I on about? 2003. I was thinking, fucking hell, you look really old. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> no, 2003, October, I, I officially joined for um, army recruitment for six months. Okay. And? Went through training. Where was you based? Catrick. Did you enjoy it? I loved it. The harder the better. The what? The harder, the better. 
you like being pushed? I, all what, what pushed me through army selection, like it's in the book, especially bayonet fighting, was that man who we just spoke about. So when things got hard, and I thought I, could, I needed to push myself further, I just think of that man, especially bayonet fighting, going through going through pig's blood through the rivers, <coughs> bayonets on the one end of the rifle, taking the, taking the bayonet off the rifle. Only one person I could see was Andrew. Well, they, so in your training, that's some of the stuff you've done. Yeah. For how long is your training? Six months. Six said? months, yeah. And at the end of the six months, what happens then? You go to your battalion. Okay. So, you, do, do some people fail the six months? Yeah, of course they do. Yeah, some people okay. fail. Yeah, some people fail on injuries, can't hack it. Okay. So you, you're young. Is everyone around you young? Or no, no. You, like you've got people from, from the age of sort of 17, 18, 18 up to. Fucking hell, you'd probably join at 34 if you want to, if you want to okay. be that, you, know, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's, it's a massive, massive, massive divide. Where'd you go after that? Six months training, you passed? Went, went, yeah, passed out, went to all the shop. First deployment of Iraq was, oh, I couldn't wait. We, we basically got took in. There was only two, there was only two of us that, that, that passed out for our, our regiment. I won't say which regiment. There was only two of you that passed? No, not as in, as in, so... I was in the guards, yeah? Yep. So you've got a category of guard regiments. Yep. But there was only two guys from our, like, that went to our battalion. Okay. I'm not saying there only two parts. But okay. Out of, okay, so out of maybe a platoon of 30 people, maybe you get 18 to 20 that pass, so 10, 30. Okay. But it, it fluctuates. Yeah, okay. So you pass, you, you're in the old shot, you get the, inf you get the, you get the information that you're going to be going to. Iraq. Iraq? Yeah. How'd you feel? Couldn't wait. What, what, what was your knowledge of what's going on in Iraq? What was the reason you were going to Iraq at I, the time? I, did you... I, I didn't know. I, I, was, I, I was 19 years old at this point. Yep. Going on 20. And quite frankly, I didn't give a fuck. I, I, I knew I wanted to join the army. Yep. And I wanted to go to war. Just, I, I didn't care about the country. It was, it was. So, you, so, you, so your your drive your what drive wasn't like, I want to go protect Great Britain. It, no, not really. At, I, the, time, I, at the time, but that's good because being honest is I'm good. Being honest, I, I was a child. I, I didn't know. I didn't know about politics, but then, you know, I, I just wanted to join the army and fight and fight. Yeah, and fight and inevitably kill. Yeah, and that was what was driving you at that time as a young man. Probably from the age of. Five years old. Well, growing up with that bloke. All of that in a, in a anger. Because you make a comment in here. I haven't had a chance to read all of this, but you say, did war follow you home? Yeah. Or did you take war? Yeah, yeah. It says, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So it says, did, did war follow you? Yeah. Back? Had war started at home as a child or followed me? It's followed you Home from Iraq. Iraq. Okay, so... You've gone out there, you're 19, you're young, you're angry, you're, um, you get your deployment. Yeah. Talk me through that. Did you, talk me through that about how long was your deployment going to be for? Six months. Did you go see your mum before? Did you? Yeah, yeah. Did, no, you, did, did, did do you, as a young lad, thinking there's a war zone, people are being killed. Yeah. yeah? British soldiers are dying. Yeah. That, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you go and kiss your family like it's the last time you're going to kiss them? Yeah. 
Yeah, you did, yeah. Talk, talk me through that. Um, so, Iraq, I was, I was married for the first time at 19. You was married at 19. So, when? So where, who was your f- first time? How many times have you been married? Only three. Only three? Only three. 38, it's not bad, is it? I like stag dudes. <laughs> you were married three times, so you meet your first wife where? Out the piss in Kettering. In Kettering, okay, so not when you're based at the base? No, 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 no. She, she lives in Kettering. It, it, it was all a bit of a joke. If, if, if we're going to be br- brutally honest, I only married her because I didn't want to live with four blokes in a block. You get, you get a pad, you get an army house. <laughs> 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 What's her name? It would be. I'm not mentioning her name. Did you mate. hear that, darling? <laughs> <laughs> so if you told them, so as a single, sure the as a single soldier at 19, yeah, you if you're not if you're single, you get put in a house with four or five men, lads. Yeah, yeah. But if you marry, you get given your own house. Yeah. And I think do you know what I wanted to do. So you were you were scamming the system like people get married to get the benefits. <laughs> no, I'm not like that. Okay. To be honest, I think what I wanted to do is just—is <laughs> that the truth though? Why you married her? Literally, yeah, right, perhaps. <laughs> but, but I think I think deep I think I think deep down I think yeah. deep down. Look, did you love her? No, you didn't. No, no. Well, I loved her that much. Did she love you? I ain't got a clue. How long, how long was you with her? Not. Not long, I can't remember. Do you know what? I'll put it this way. On the night of the wedding, I went out in the piss straight after and took a back of cold kebab. That was my, that was my wedding night. Bravo, Brian. Bloody hell, some things ain't changed either. <laughs> Let's get... So, you married this girl. You're living in... The, you're living where? Uh, Aldershot. You're living at Aldershot. You get your deployment. So, she stays in Aldershot, does she? No, so we, we were going through a breakup. What I wanted to do, uh, being brutally honest as well, what I think what, what I think what I was trying to do is create a family life because we have a daughter as well. Which I wish. Well, you and the first wife. Yeah. The other one you married for bands. Yeah. You, you, you had a kid. Giggles, yeah. Wow. Okay. So how and that daughter? How old is that daughter now? She's eighteen. Wow. Okay. So and that's not my first. That was my second child. I've got a, a, a boy who's twenty. So you had a boy when you were eight, when you were seventeen. Eighteen, yeah, roughly. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Who was that with? Where was that? One night stand? No, no, I was with her. I was with her for a little while. Girl in Kettering as well. Yeah, yeah, lucky girl. Has anyone ever been to Kettering or Corby? Has <laughs> anyone got strange places? <laughs> no. So you, oh, there's no single ones were around. Okay, so so you've already had a kid. How did you feel? How, so you've had that kid. What? And you split with a girl straight away? No, just the army drove us apart. Like I was joining the army. It was. I just, what I wanted to do in my head was create an environment yep. that I never had as a child. It, that, I'm just being, not being, okay, so you now, you've, you've missed, you've split up with one kid, you've now got another kid, yeah. you've split up with her. Yeah. You've created the environment you did have, it sounds like. Yeah. Not violence. No, 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 no violence. But the girl, okay, did you, did you maintain the father role with those kids? Unfortunately not. In fact, I don't speak to my daughter. Her name's Matilda. For me, but it's not my fault. Reason I don't speak to her. I'm, I'm more than well. I'm, she's more than welcome. She's what, now eighteen. What reasons don't you speak to her? Do you mind me asking? No, that's fine. Basically, she the mum used them as a weapon against me. For when you could see her, couldn't see her. Correct. Yeah. Or not. Yeah. When I could see her, when when she wanted payments, when she didn't want payments, when she had a boyfriend, she got a restraining order put on me. But uh, before I went to Afghanistan, 
Mm. I had a fight. Uh, I got nicked on a Saturday night for ABH, and then I got nicked on a Sunday night within 24 hours for GBH. And what what the police, what what the system done is they sent it to an old address. She opened my mail. So while I was in Afghanistan uh, in 2007, I got I had a brown letter put for, um, dropped off with all the mail in the Shunuk, fighting the Taliban on the front line. Opened this letter saying I had a non-molestation order and I couldn't see my daughter. Because of the attack, because of the violence. Because she opened she, she opened, opened mail. she opened my mail and she used that against me for fighting two men. And I cried my eyes out. Like I, 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 before I went to Afghanistan, I gave was in in Luton. My mum was alive back then. Give her a big kiss. She was only a little, she won't remember this. I've never stopped loving her. But I had to I had to I had to separate myself because it wasn't fair on her, and ultimately, ultimately it wasn't fair on me either. But I just yeah. Was you violent, brother? Not to women, no. Not to women, no. But was you violent? I am violent, if 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 pushed. Yeah. But so as a as a man, as a man, can you control? Can, and, and and do you believe as a man, can you control yourself in anger and, and violence? Depending on the situation. If if I was to see if I was to see somebody hitting a woman, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't be able to control myself. Do you think your childhood is um plays a part in some of the anger and? Well, hence did did, did uh, I take war to Iraq? To Iraq. So okay, so you, you're on your first deployment to Iraq. Talk to me through what's happening on the ground. So uh, I was, I was um, part of a platoon, and we do we do we do um, four days on day patrols, basically going out around Basra City on, on day patrols. Then we do four, four days night patrols, four days on the Sanger. Basic guard duty, and it's stuck in massive rotation. So you're out on guard patrol. Do you have any interaction with the locals there? Yeah, it, it was a there was a lot of counter insurgency. What's that mean? Basically, it's, it's, it's pretty much when I was just started. To be fair, it, it was like guerrilla warfare. They we, so they're, well, they're not fighting in uniforms, but they're planting. Oh, yes. Yeah. What's it mean? What? Yeah. Improvised explosive devices. We were basically fighting a, an enemy that we couldn't really fight because. We was going out on the ground, people getting blown up everywhere. Sometimes it'd follow up with a shoot if he was lucky. And what, what I mean by lucky is you get an, an ID goes off, but then you can actually see the fuckers who are shooting at you, so you can shoot them back. Rather than just a, a bomb goes off and it's like What do we do now? Right, right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you see any bombs go off? Did you experience any IEDs? Yeah, plenty, yeah. Did you lose any friends? Yeah, I've lost friends it Friends died in Iraq, uh, friends have committed suicide, friends died in Afghanistan. At this time, when you're out there, yeah. there's these insurgencies. Did you have any opinion now about the war? So, Did you honest, have any opinion at that time? When you're there, you're on the ground, you're a young man, your friends are now dying. Did you have an opinion on... Why we're at war? Who we're at war with? I was happy to be there. I know it sounds mental. I was, no, it's I, was I was happy to be there. I was happy to be there. That was like my, you know, like now, like you know me anyway. You know me. When I left the army under bad under bad terms to start with, which I had to reverse, my head was fucked, and that's why I went back to war as a contractor because I couldn't get my head straight. And even even up to even you think your head was your head was fucked before you went to Iraq. 
I think my head's been fucked since I was about, yeah, since, since Andrew came to Boris. Cheers for that, mate, yeah. And then, so you're in the rack. So you, you don't, you're not, you're not are you, what about now? Do you have any other opinion now as to, about the war? I'm, I'm, Do you I'm, care? No. You don't? No. I'm glad, I'm, what I'm, about the fact, what about the fact, because some people be listen, sitting listeners, what about the fact that, so your friends are dying, you're a British lad, in English. What, what does piss, okay, what, 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 we, what does, what does get to me is the way we're treated when we leave. I mean. What about, what about in your opinion that, was there innocents killed out there while you were there? Tell me, but who were you fighting with? I don't know. It's no. a good question. Yeah, it's a good you just question. said to war. Afghanistan's easy. That was the Taliban. But yeah, but we, so with the Taliban. But that's obviously not in this book. That's the second one. Though. Okay, but you've gone. So you're in Iraq. You're in Iraq because our job there was to get rid of Saddam Hussein because he had mm. allegedly had um, yeah, which he didn't have, which is all pr proven as bullshit. Like we we essentially essentially we invade the country and got rid of Sam and Hussein for alter, alternative reasons. A lot of oil, a lot of oil, and the public were given. What do you feel about that now? Say you've been to war. Yeah. As a soldier, you've been to war. Yeah. The government lied. Our reasons were a lie. I get it. I get where you're coming from, but it, I wasn't conscripted into the army. I joined the army on my own free accord. So me joining the army on my own free accord, I. I'm going to go where I, where I get asked to go. Yeah, but what do you think now? What do you think of the British government? What do you think of Tony? What do you think of these people, Tony, Tony Blair, who who all those things you've seen? Yeah, yeah. Friends have died. What do you think? What's your opinion now? Of, of like Tony Blair sent you to war. Tony Blair may have sent me to war, but I, I I decided to join the army, and it was my decision ultimately to go to. I wanted to go to war. I think I think my war started as a child and I just carried it on through adulthood and I, I didn't give a fuck about politics. Did you give a fuck about the people who were getting killed in Iraq? No. No. Truthfully, no. No. Madness, that is. <laughs> like, I don't know. I've never been to war, obviously, bruv. I've never been yeah. in, in that situation. I don't know how it makes you feel. I don't, I can't, I've never experienced anything like that. I'm just trying to understand as a young man, you're out there, you're in a war zone, people are dying on either side. Um, and our government lied about that war. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from, but... I, I feel drastic for all the British lads that were killed and, had to, and are still experiencing so Tell me, so you've seen IDs, IDs have gone off. You've seen friends killed. Did that have an effect at the time on you? Not really, no. Um, it's more than... You know what? When, so, when someone's not there, it's a, hard, it's a hard question to answer, Steve, because... Now looking back at the age of 38, I see where you're coming from, but I still, I still, I still chose to go on my own free accord. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. And what I mean is, how, how does, so someone gets blown up, people you know are dying, how does that affect you? How does it affect this? To be honest. Did it, it affect just, this? Just makes, just makes you want to go and kill the fuckers even more. So it made you more angry? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'd understand that. I want to kill every one of them when you see your friends dying. Yeah. What about, um, did you sleep well? I haven't slept well since, was about, fuck knows, 10, 11. Do you wake up at night? Do you have, what, what, how, talk to me about a night's sleep for you. A night's sleep for me is, is, is a sleeping tablet and having a drink and trying to get my nut down. That's now? Yeah. 
because I was going to say you've had a, you ain't had much sleep now. Well, I had a few drinks last I, night. Yeah, but I didn't expect you to be up ready for this. So, well, here I am. I know. Fresh. I know, bro. I know. But so you, you haven't slept well since you were ten. Were there things that would wake you up? Would you wake up scared? Would you? Would you anticipating violence? Maybe um, could you? So do you just not have much sleep, or do you struggle to sleep? I struggle to sleep. I struggle to switch off on an evening. Yeah, you're always quite. Yeah, I just struggle to. I, I don't like. I have to sleep with a TV on. If 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 something's if something's silent, my head just spins and spins and spins, and I'll think back to childhood. I'll think back to good times and bad times in war zones. Because there are good times. What's and a good time at your war zone? Winning a firefight. And tell, me what, tell me what that feels like. What's it like? Talk me through a firefight. Firefight is the best, best adrenaline drug you'll ever have in your life. When, you, when you've got bullets going over your head, you, you, you can hear the thudding crack. What are you sitting behind something? Can't you, well, for example, like, for, okay, I'll, I'll give you a good example. Yeah. Um, good example is in the mortar pits. In Afghanistan? In, in, in Afghanistan, okay. in the mortar pits. And they're, they're, they're chucking uh, Chinese rockets at us and RPGs, rocket pull grenades. You hear, you, hear the, you hear the fuzz going on your head. But then it gets slower and slower. And you know that they're, they're zeroing in on you. But then it's down to us to counteract that. How do you counteract that? Using mortar to kill them. So what's a mortar? Are you sitting Are you sitting behind something? Are you firing things? What, explain it. A mortar, an 81 millimetre mortar is about basically a barrel, a base plate with a bomb, which you put down the barrel, it goes up okay. and it goes and kills them. Okay. If you're lucky. And was you lucky on this firefight you're talking about here? How did it Yeah, yeah this, this particular one, this particular one, we've only been in the country in Afghanistan, what, probably a week, maybe two. And we had, we had well, we got a good, we had a good fucking fight. And yeah, yeah, we just. How many of you were there? When this is going on, this fight here, how many are you with? What, personally? How many lads, yeah? Uh, two. Just in, two. In, it's like three of us, but like more pits spread out. So, so there'd be three, six. There'd be nine, nine blokes. Nine blokes? Nine blokes, three more barrels. Okay. How many of them are there? Do you know? If, can you see them or not see them? Depends on. Sometimes, sometimes they're quite close. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they could be up to 6KI. Okay, and then you've and then what? You, so how does that end? You're sitting there. How long are you sitting there getting bombs going off over your shoulders? How long is that going on for? Ten minutes, an hour, five hours? It could be ten minutes. It could be hours. Well, different, totally. Di so at different times. Say we're looking at this one example of, yeah. a, of a battle where there's, yeah. a, there's nine of you. Yeah. In that battle, how long does it go on for? Couple of hours, uh, an hour, hour, maybe about an hour. We we, we put down a good. 100, 200 mortars per barrel. So you, uh, let's, let's say 600 bombs on the on the target. Once, obviously, the MFC mortar fire controller is, is giving us coordinates, and then so they're giving you coordinates. So you're you're, you're zeroing in on them, zeroing zero in on them, and you'll find 600 bombs. Which is quite, yeah. Wow. At one point, uh, between nine men, and then those bombs are Jesus. Just yeah. We 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 do a thing. We do a thing. We'd use smoke. We'd use phosphorus and HE. So what's that? What's phosphorus? What's that? It's, it's not a smoke. Phosphorus. Okay. It burns. It can burn you. And HE is obviously high explosive. Okay. But you, usually you use your smoke for extraction. 
HT to kill them. And is this exciting? Yeah. Is, are you scared? No. No, no. I've, ne I've never ever been scared in a firefight or a gun battle in my life. In fact, it's, I call it war porn. I actually love it. Yeah. Go, it's, 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 it's like, yeah, I love it. You get scared afterwards? For, um, first time, first time I had to pull the trigger in anger, which is in this, yeah. which was in Iraq. Talk me through that. So we was on, um, I was on Sanger 3, and we, we got warned What's off. Sanger 3? Sanger, basically Sangers, yeah, but um, towers, but made of sand. Okay. Yeah, made of sand, Hesco masking, uh, got a GPMG on, on, on the Sangers, chill purse machine gun, mm. and your own personal rifle. Sanger 3 was the, was the top, was the Sanger, the main gate, basically. Okay. Um, we got, we, we get daily intel, daily briefs, and they basically said the VBID, vehicle born ID threat, ID suicide bomb threat, is very high. So, yep, yeah, okay, you hear that every day. You hear that every day anyway. Um, there was a red a red vehicle at the front at the front of the Chateau Hotel, which is where I was. It's not a five-star hotel. It, it was more to an old hotel. At the start, at, at the front of the... Um, at the front, at the front of the hotel, whatever you want to call it, there was a big red sign in Arabic and in, and in English saying "Do not come past or leave force will be used." So there was plenty of notice of people coming on. So you, oh, so the British Army had put a sign up in Arabic and in English, yes, saying "Do not come past here or force will be used." Yes, yeah, leave force may be used. Yeah. Okay, so there's a sign. What if people can't read or illiterate? That's why. That's why you do. That's why you go through the process of card alpha. So, okay, talk. so I'll talk you through, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it happens to me, I was the first person to do this on that tour, and I was just lucky enough to be in that Sanger, in, in, in my opinion, lucky enough to be in that Sanger. Um, a red vehicle came through, I fired a warning shot, the vehicle stopped. Okay. Um, QRF, quick reaction force went out, what the fuck's going on? He was meant to be there, no problem, they let him in. I'd, nothing was said. I fired a warning shot. That's my job. Not not go straight for the driver. I fired a warning shot. Yeah. Yeah. Half hour later, white flat bedded vehicle comes down the same down, down the same road. It's quite quite some speed. Had three had three males in it. Turns uh, turn turn right. Comes straight past straight past the sign. I was with a guy called Chris in the Sanger. I just thought, fuck off. No way this is happening again. No way this is happening again. But it did. So I fired a warning shot, but, it did, but the vehicle didn't stop. Carol coming forward. So now you've got a vehicle that, in your mind, what are you thinking? This is, who is he, this? He accelerated after I fired the warning shot. So who do you think it is coming towards you? I didn't give a fuck. I, what I, I mean is, do you think they're coming for a chat, or do you think they're coming? I fired the warning shot. Yep. I'm trying to do what I'm trying to do. Yep. So I, I, you take lethal action. And so my, 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 every action's got a reaction, yeah? So you believe that they could be a suicide bomber coming towards you? Exactly. I fired the warning shot and the vehicle hasn't stopped. It, it, essentially, it's sped up. So I've, we're talking metres. We're, we're talking 20 metres. You've got, so you've got seconds to, to make that decision. Okay. And my decision, I didn't even think about it. I didn't have time to think. I just pointed my rifle and shot straight through the windscreen at the driver. And the vehicle comes to a stop. 
jumped down, waiting for an explosion, didn't happen, stood up with Chris, and uh, there was two men on the, uh, on the I got out of the vehicle, couldn't see the couldn't see the driver, this little spider web hole, bit bit of blood. And I was just thinking, what that was that was that was after that, the adrenaline of shaking, thinking what the fuck's going on? And I got took off guard duty straight away. What was going on? What was going on? Who were they? <laughs> Apparently they were news reporters. They were news reporters. Apparently. Appa- I didn't really get so I they, they, they weren't there to bomb. Well, they weren't suicide bombers. Well, who's to say that they weren't doing a recce? You know what I mean? Like, it, all I know is that I, was, I was very young at the time. All I know is I got took off. That, I got took off guard duty. I had to go see the war military police. To Did do, the bloke die? The bloke you shot. I ain't going into that. Well, do you know? No, I think it's. A, I think it's a fucking mate. Uh, like, did he die? What do you reckon? I'm guessing he did then. Well, no one told me any of what I say. I'd I'd go and do a police. I'd go to the military police yeah. and do a statement. Go through card alpha, i.e. the warning shots. Yeah. So, and no further action was taken. In fact, I got a recommendation. I got I actually got a recommendation, which basically means because because I fought, because I've done my duty to the core. In, in the in, in the army's eyes, I've got a recommendation that got took off me anyway because I fucked up on leave. But that's another story. Okay, how do you feel if he did die? I ain't bothered, mate. Not bothered. No. no what about if he's got kids, women? Yeah, I get what you're saying. But, but I mean, if you never, if you but, but it could have been, it could have been me. It could have been, it could have been me and my friends, or or, or him. Yeah, I get that. No, I get that. I get that. You're in a position where you haven't got seconds to think. No. But what I mean is you're forced into that position because you're in the military. So you're forced to make a decision that you've made. And then that's resulted in... You know what? Essentially, I made that decision when I knew I was joining an infantry regiment and I knew I accepted what I wanted to do. I'm not saying I just wanted to join the army and kill people. No, that's <laughs> no, what I mean. No. What I mean is that it's, uh, it's like... I understand... I haven't been there. No one's been there watching this. You're sat there. You're told there's suicide bombers coming. One car comes. This this scenario happens. Another car comes. You're saying it speeds up. When you've then made, have been forced into that decision, because it's you or them at that, at that moment. That, it's yeah. So the decision you've made is it's them. It's not me. right? You're not taking us out. So you made that decision. When you've then found out that they haven't got suicide vests, yeah, they're not suicide bombers. You said maybe news reports. Yeah? Whatever, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. How do you then feel? Do you have any emotion over that? I've done my job. I oh, know. I understand you've done your job. At the end of the day, at the end of do the you day. not have any? Do you not have any fucking? Do you not have any personal feeling to the the fact that someone could just have died? No, no, no. Because I know, I, I know, I know. I carried my, I carried out my duty as as per I should have. Because if I hadn't have made that decision, the fucker might have had a suicide vest, and I might not be there. No, I understand it's a war zone and people, youngsters, you've been thrown into a war zone. You've you got get to make collateral decisions. damage and everything, you know. My mum was collateral damage when she was a child, when I was a child, you know. It is. Jesus, man, it's, it's mad. 
this war. I just hate Tony fucking Blair. I've got to say, I hate him. <laughs> I hate him. I hate the no, government. I, you see me, I'm sitting here listening to this. Yeah, I know. And my anger, my anger's not at them. It's not the man driving towards you. It's not at you. Yeah, I get it. Because I think you've been put in a position you shouldn't have been put in. My anger's at the government who have invaded a country unlawfully and fucking put loads of men in there and innocent people getting killed left, right and centre. And I think it's sick, if I'm honest. I think, I, I, I think of, no, the, I, I think of the little, whether that man had kids. Yeah, I get it. He's someone's family man, man. But you know, but you know what, what pisses me off the most about And you made, I'm not saying you made the wrong decision. I'm saying, you, no, no. I, I'd have, if, if I was there, I'd have done exactly the same. Let me, let, let say, me tell you, let me you. Have you ever felt about that man? Right, no, but you know what I felt about? You know, you said about the, I was speak about the IDs. Yeah. There was an instant, I was on QRF, quick reaction force, okay? And an ID went off in Basra. And it took the life of, I, I believe he was um, war artillery on a convoy. And while, while in the debris, so we basically turned up there and the vehicle was blown up, the snatched vehicle was blown up, this guy died, one, one of the guys died. And in the debris, whilst he was dying, someone took his wedding ring off of him. Someone and, on, which, on which side? The other side. Okay. So, well, that, like, well, that man, and see, when you're getting told it, when you're getting briefed this, you, you think, I mean, that pisses me off to, to today. That's some, right. some, that adds anger. So they're giving you information that's adding anger, in you? Maybe, but, but... You're hearing stories about your own men. With their wind rings being took off them when they've just been, when they're dying or just about to die or... Could it be disinformation? Who bloody knows nowadays? Who, fuck, fair Who knows now? This podcast is brought to you by Urban Scoop. Any support to carry on this work will be greatly appreciated. Please visit urbanscoop.news forward slash support us. Thank you. What would you say to some people who are going to watch this and just think, well, it sounds like you just wanted to go out there and kill people, regardless read, of the motive for killing them, if you know what I mean? Read, 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 read this book and then read the second book because it's, it's not about, it's not about that. It's, 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 it's about PTSD and looking back on it, did I get it from home? Did I get it from the army? I've got complex PTSD. There's a difference. Tell me what complex, tell me what PTSD is and what complex PTSD is. Com, 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 complex PTSD, just, you get PTSD, you go through EMDR therapy. Complex PTSD, it's, 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 it's complex. I can't even, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I, was, I'm not I, was I was diagnosed with complex PTSD. But was you? Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't been out. No, it doesn't make sense. It does not make sense because I've sat in a room for a few months. You've, you've, you've been forced into a position of possibly taking lives. You've also, you've also had an upbringing that I didn't have. I didn't have to listen to my mum being beaten up. I couldn't think about what that would feel like as a, as a, as a son listening and hearing that abuse. <laughs> my mum was in a bad wives hostel when we were kids, but I don't remember any of that. Um, so your memories make sense. It makes sense that someone like yourself is in a position of having something complex like PTSD. Mine doesn't, so I don't feel well, I don't feel I've done any, anything worthy no, of being in the situation. No, but yeah, this is the difference. PTSD doesn't have to come from a war zone. It, you can get PTSD from a car crash. Tell me what your, your what does PTSD do to you? Can you explain that? Well, you know me, so there you go. You're angry. 
I'm not. I'm not just angry. It makes you're incredibly quick and angry. If I'm honest, I mean, I'm, I'm just. Telling I, can you, I, can, I can be. I can be. I can be. But I can also. I've always got a hard goal. No, you have got a hard goal. You're a loving man as well. You've, you've been great with my family. You've offered to protect my kids at times. Yeah. You've offered if there's any problem with my children. You're very nice when you see my family. No, so I know I know him with it. And brother's not always angry. What I'm saying to you is, do you believe? Because when you look at PTSD, I know that when I was, I my personality had changed. It's like a personality disorder. Yeah, it's like being a schizophrenic, I think. Is that how you feel? At times. Well, well, I'm Ben and Bravo, aren't I? You're two different people. It can be. It, it depends on depends on what situation. Are I'm you in quick to temper? Is that because because one of that one of the signs of it is it's quick, sharp, and ready to get angry quickly. Yeah. Not being able to deal with emotions. I I I, I don't I don't do emotions. I don't cry. Maybe I should. Yeah. I, 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 when you've spoke about things, when you've wrote out things, have you ever cried? I've I've cried. Yeah. I I. I, I you know, if I, if I was to read my own book, which I've wrote, I'd probably cry my eyes out. Uh, when my mum sent me that message, basically saying how proud she was of me, it's the first time she's ever said it in her life, how proud she was. And we're, we're only talking... After reading this? No, the podcast with Richard. Okay, she watched Richard's podcast where you spoke about your life and the book and your troubles and she said she was proud at the end of that. Yeah, and, and I wanted to cry, but... I couldn't, but it was, it was nice. It, I, my reply to my mum was actually, "Why has it took you so long to tell me this? Why, why have you felt I've, have you have you felt unloved as yeah, a youngster, yeah. child?" But I, I got to the point where I thought it might be my fault. Like, is it is, is this my fault? But no, no, it's not. You sound like you're a victim of a childhood and then a victim of a war. But you're not a victim. You wouldn't describe you as a victim, so I apologise for that. But no, that's right. What I mean is... And you've left... And what did you, year did you leave the military? And in what terms did you leave the military? I was actually kicked out of the army to start with. What year? Made homeless. 2010, 2009, 2010. Um, I basically got into another fight, believe it or not. I know that's hard to believe. This is a common common story, Bravo. <laughs> huh? spent, my, spent my whole life on bail, basically. Um, For violence. Have you ever had any... Let's, well, we'll, well, tell me about... We'll get on to this. I'm, yeah, go on. I'm, I'm wondering if you've ever had... Therapy, we'll get on to that conversation. Tell me, so you kicked out of the army for what? In what year? Right. So you joined in 2003. Four, so, right, I joined in 2002, essentially. Okay, 2009, six years you were in the army? So, uh, 2002, 2003, well, short as 10 years, nine years. Nine years, okay. Yeah, whatever it was. And um, the, the way I left. You went to Iraq once? Iraq. Twice. I went to Iraq, Bosnia, Africa, Afghanistan. Iraq, Bosnia. Africa and Afghanistan. Okay. Okay. As a soldier, and obviously... What, what was the worst one of them, out of them? Do you know what? Thinking back, yeah. probably Iraq, because in Afghanistan, it was conventional warfare. They were there. We were fighting, fighting them. We were fighting them. It was a, one -on -one, it was a battle. Af uh, Iraq, he was fighting an unknown enemy, just fighting bombs. What were you doing in Bosnia? Uh... Public order, public order searches. Okay. It, it wasn't. It wasn't. It, it wasn't intense. I got set on fire 
once. Who's it on bottom? Okay, was this the what in riots or something? It was we was training was training for public order, petrol bomb got thrown. Well, one of your own lads. Yeah. In the training. It's lit me up. Someone set Bravo on fire. Yeah, someone set me on fire. Bloody hell. Bosnia, did did you care at all about any of the conflicts or the reason for the conflicts? No, I was, I was it was my job, wasn't it? Yeah. If if I cared about them, I wouldn't have gone back as a private military contractor. Okay. Okay, just to understand your mindset. So you've you've been kicked out for what? Fighting? So I, I was on, um, I got, like I say, I got nicked on a Saturday and a Sunday, went to Afghanistan, I had a warrant out for, so I got nicked on a Saturday and got nicked on a Sunday. This goes back to that non-molestation order for my daughter as well. So... Who have, you, who have you beat up on the Saturday? Who have you beat up on the Sunday? Oh, fuck. It's just, just two, two lads on the piss. It's, okay. Weren't personal, you know what I mean? It was just happens, doesn't it? It can happen. Okay. Um, it can when there's someone who's ready to flip at anything. That was their fault. Okay. So I'm going. No. So you've been there, you, so you've had so, a fight Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Friday, uh, sorry, Saturday, Sunday. Got nicked in the space twenty four hours. Arrested by the same police officer. <laughs> hadn't even been, hadn't he got, uh, went to Slough Police Station on the Saturday. Then and then went Maidenhead the next uh, the next day, and as they're booking me in, they're like, "You've been busy, haven't you?" Like, <laughs> I was just like, "Fucking hell!" But anyway, going back to what you asked me about the army, I was I was um, I was bailed. Obviously, I missed a court appearance because I was in Afghanistan. So I then got charged with attempting to defend the course of justice mm. because I was in Afghanistan. I'm, I'm not going on holiday. I'm, I'm not evading the country to not go to court. So I was did that, when they nicked you and you're in the police station. Did you tell them you were in the military? Yeah, they knew. They and knew. you was going the next day. Yeah, they knew. You was going uh, straight out there. They knew. They you knew. Missed your court date. You then what? Have you got a warrant out? Yeah, I had a warrant out for my arrest. I, I had to report to the. I had to report to the police station on rest and recuperation. R and R. What's that? R and R. You get two weeks off in between. Okay, so you got two weeks off. You got a police station. Yeah, and court. What happens? I uh, just got bailed. Crown court. So you got a crown court date. Yeah, yeah. For GBH? A ABH and GBH and attempt to put the court of justice. Okay. What happens then? So... Just why you got kicked out of the military? Was it because I, of these cases? I didn't, in, in the end, I didn't get kicked out. They okay. So what, what actually happened, and this pisses me off, essentially the army made me homeless because I pleaded guilty. I, I pleaded not guilty to GBH, yeah. but I pleaded guilty uh, to ABH on both of them for the injuries. So it went from a section 18 to a section 20, 21. Yeah. I was happy to plead guilty That's to that. GBH section 20. So, uh, section 21 then, ABH. Okay, okay. So so I, I went that, you, you it, took up a guilty plea on ABHs rather than GBHs. Yeah, rather than GBHs, because I didn't say I didn't hit the guys. So ABH, actual bodily harm, bruising, beating, GBH, is lots of stitches, grievous, broken bruised, bones. Yeah. So grievous is more serious. They were trying, what, on, one, on one specific charge, they were trying to say that the injuries were caused by me. I'm sh it wasn't me. He fell over and out of his head. Okay. But um, so that's why that's why I went. I was happy to plead guilty to ABH. Yeah. I've done wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've got 38 weeks suspended prison sentence. Okay. 200 hours community service. Big fuck off fine. But at this point in time, I was being medically discharged from the army. What for? PTSD. Okay. So you're in the army, and then the army have diagnosed you with PTSD. Yes. 
So I was going through... What it, reasons did they give for why you had PTSD? Did they? What we just spoke about. Just all the abuse at home? No, I obviously didn't go into that. Okay, so just the war? So, yeah. I mean, you know, so and was it through your sleeping? Was it through your anger? Or I, 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 I couldn't sleep. I was violent. I was having flashbacks about Iraq. I was having flashbacks. Tell me more flash. Talk me through a flashback. A flash, okay, so a good, a good. It's in this book. Yeah, what is a, 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 a One chapter. I was, I was driving down the. I was going to say Masada and Main Supply Road. I was driving down at, uh, back to Kettering, Huntingdon one night. Back to where? Hun, from from Huntingdon. Oh, Kettering. Okay, yeah, so in, Kettering. in England. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah in England. And I was literally, I was, dri I was driving my car and all of a sudden I was back in Iraq. I, 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 could, I could see, smell the desert and I crashed, into, I crashed over a roundabout into a bridge and he killed myself. And I, I just, I just, just, yeah. That happened a lot. It, it, so then do you, what, what's the circumstance from that? That happens, would you tell the military, look, I'm, I'm struggling? You no, you this, this is the thing, this is the thing. Before I came out with PTSD, yeah. before I just before I was diagnosed with PTSD, you was like being at school with dyslexia. You're the one that's pulled out. And so you didn't want to be diagnosed. No one wants to be. No, no one wants to be the one who's struggling. Yeah, because you because so you, you because you believe you're stronger enough. You just, yeah, you, you drink, don't want to be you weak. drink to sleep. You, you, you drink to sleep. Was you drinking to sleep in the military? Yeah, I was drinking every day. Every drink, day. Every day in the army. Yeah, every was day. Yeah, every, on the. But I was pissed. I'm so you're going out on battlefield, what, and then you get back and have loads of beers? They sell all alcohol? Oh, no, no, no. Back, back, back in the unit. Back, so you get back to your unit in Iraq or Afghanistan? No, no. Oh, so when you're back out? Back, back, back home. So, back okay, home. so when you're on tour, no yeah, drink? No drink. No unless, drink. You get, unless you get it smuggled in. Okay. Do people get smuggled in? No comment. Okay. So <laughs> you're back in the UK and you're drinking every day? Yeah. Yeah. But I was, I was angry when I was sober. I was angry when I was pissed. I was pissed off because I couldn't sleep. But then I wake up with a hangover. So it's like... Drink again. Hamster wheel, yeah. Who are you living with at this time? So you come out and you this is... So you've got these two GBH, you've got these charges, you take a guilty plea, you get a 38-week suspended yeah. sentence. Are you still in the military? So I was, being, I was in the process of being medically discharged, okay, for PTSD. Okay. So, but some 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 retired major. This is what pisses me off now about the army. So I was I was very proud to serve for myself because I, I I fulfilled my promise to my granddad, not the government. My, my my promise to my granddad. But what happened to me was because I was going through medical discharge. They a retired major from the, the director of army manning in Glasgow, because I pleaded guilty and got a suspended prison sentence, which as you know, on paper is, is a prison sentence. Yep. So under the Queen's regulations, whatever it is, I'm not, I'm not gonna try and make it up, but under certain Queen's regulations- You can't be in the military. You, 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 uh, yeah, the suspended sentence is a prison sentence and you can't, uh, you can't do civilian prison and be in the military. So, Essentially, overnight, I was made homeless. However, I knew two soldiers that were also on suspended sentences for one for fighting and one for something I won't go into. Um, so it took me a long time. I'll, I'll, I'll see, this is where my second wife came in. 
I'll say, luckily, luckily, I was oh, I had somewhere to crash. If I, if I didn't have it, I would have been on the streets. But essentially, the army didn't give a fuck about that anyway. Well, they just sent you packing out of the army. I, I literally got, I got called in for medical. I was on, I was on sick leave. I got, I got called in for medical. Uh, seen, seen, seen a doctor. He said, yeah, you get medically discharged today. I thought, okay. I then went on uh, command officer's orders, marched in. And then they, they just dropped the bombshell that, nah, it wasn't the battalion's fault. It was direct alignment. It was the MOD's fault. They, they were trying to weasel out of a little, a little payout, a little pension, and just kick me out rather than medically discharge me. Ah, oh, so, so to make it cheaper, that if they didn't have to blame on PTSD, they could say they were kicking it out was, for another it, reason. It was, it, was, it was because I'd committed a crime and it carried... Yeah, so custodial. So they wanted to use the suspended sentence rather than the medical terms. Simply for finance. Well, money. Or statistics. Or statistics, yeah. For PTSD. To keep them down. Okay. I mean, I how many people you served with? So, how many good friends did you have in the military? Good friends. Good. Well, I'm still I'm, I'm, I'm a good 10 now, still now. And out of those 10, how many got PTSD? Eight. Probably, probably ten. Are they struggling? At times. Do they all drink? How do they deal with their problems? We're on a group chat. We, we talk to each other. You're on a group chat. Yeah, we're on a group chat. We talk to each other. Have any of those friends took their lives? I've had friends that took their lives from the um, military. Yeah, and um, one of them. This is the, this is another thing that pisses me off about the army or or the system. The whole fucking thing's a joke. There was there's, there's there. Was, a, a, a guy, it's, it's sad. A guy after Afghanistan, he had he had a, he had a daughter. When he came back from Afghanistan, he was, he was serving with us. He was he was drinking fuck like you, you could tell something was wrong with him. You could tell he, he started hitting, everyone knew he was taking drugs, but you know I'd say drugs in the army, so but people knew he was struggling. He was he was he was a completely different man. Within six months, he was a completely different man. He, he went AWOL. Before this, he, he loved he loved the training. He was, he was great at his job. Young man, kept going AWOL. And then he was found something like 200 metres from his house, took an overdose. And he had, a, he, had, he had a little girl. But the army, what did they do? Fucked him off. They did they didn't put it down. He didn't get a military burial. He didn't get anything. His family didn't get anything because he was AWOL and because. But the reason being was because of well the, statistics again. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but what I mean is he's killed himself for what reason? Because of conflict. Because of he can he can cope. Can he didn't cope. speak out. Yeah, I will, only he knows. Do men feel like they can speak out? The, your lads in your group chat, the tenure, do they feel like they can speak and say, "I'm suffering. I'm struggling. I'm this." That's what I'm hoping. These books that I'm releasing. Helps not just soldiers that are struggling. Are you struggling? I struggle, of course I do. This book was a good way of therapy. Well, this and the second book when it comes out was a good way of therapy to get it on paper. You struggle with what? Sleep. Struggle with sleep. Struggle uh, try to switch off. And how do you deal with that? Hit the gym. Hit the gym. Go to the pub. Hit the bottle. And that's what's I hit the bottle. Just go on binges, do you? Yeah, yeah, bin, yeah, go on a binge. If there's a problem, I'll go to the gym. 
and then I'll just I'll, I'll score the piss. You can bench 200 key. And I've been to Iraq. And he's been to Iraq. It's <laughs> <laughs> a personal little joke. Everyone, when we go, I said, has he told you yet he's been to Iraq? Has he told you he can but, bench 200? But, but now, but now I've been to Iraq, bench 200 kilos, I'm an author. <laughs> don't we know he's telling everyone last night has his little chat up in the pubs I'm an awful you know but Barvo it's like this sounds very complicated man as a life and his, his life a struggle every day is, every, is it a struggle getting up I'll be, I'll be honest with you if I didn't have my little boy earlier I've tried to commit suicide before yeah. tell me talk me through that so when was that that was I don't know the date but yeah. no, I was with my second second wife at the time yeah I got to the point, I got to the point, a lot of things were said and I just, I wasn't really connecting with my family, I just felt alone. It was before the, it was, so I had to fight the army to get a medical discharge, so I actually got essentially medical discharge in the end. Okay. With, with pension, okay? So, okay. But before, before that happened, I was fighting the army, relationship wasn't going great with my second wife, and I just felt... Was you well, drinking? I was drinking, yeah. Was, was you on drinking. drugs? No, I didn't take drugs. Was you on prescription drugs? Uh, antidepressants, yeah. Antidepressants, yeah. Because uh, they just, don't help, brother. You know, with suicidal no, mate, thoughts, they don't. Mate, so, never, never, never again. Never. Okay, so Karen, so you're on antidepressants? I, I, prescribed by the military? No, this is, no, this doctor. Doctor, what yeah. you Okay, so you've been discharged at this point? Yeah. Okay. I st- well, discharged, but I was fighting the... You was fighting was, still was, to, fighting to, get to get it turned over to be medically yes, discharged. Yeah, okay. because there's a big difference on your CV as well. Yeah, okay, I bet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you've been kicked out. Or been... Honorably discharged yeah, yeah. or dishonorably discharged. So. For your future. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I I just hit rock bottom, drinking too much. I was having a flashback. At one point, at one point, I couldn't even watch Firelight Scott. I was fucking like shaking, like. I was back in battle. I was scared. I couldn't watch war films after Afghanistan. After Afghanistan, my whole attitude changed. I became against the army, against the system, which which is strange because you asked me this earlier about Iraq, and I said no. Yeah, and I loved Afghanistan. I loved being there. But when I got back, okay, so that's like that. So you you thinking process changed whole process as changed. time went on. Yeah, and the way I was getting treated, and I see the way others were getting treated. It, it just, anyway, I, I got to the point one night, I just thought, fuck this. And I took like 200 Kokodamol, 50 or 500 or 500 or something. Where was you? Maidstone. Okay, what, in the military house? No, no, it was with, with the partner. Okay, with you. her place. And once, I, once I'd done it, I passed out, I woke up, I was like, fuck, what have I done? Instantly regretted it. Regretted it. Had to go. Had to go to um. I to go to hospital. Get stomach pumped. I didn't actually. I discharged myself. Okay. And problem was, I was very. I was sick for like two, three weeks, and I've got stomach problems now. And I'll blame it on that because it's it don't do you no good. But luckily, you just I didn't had en- die. so you just had enough. Yeah, I mean, you feel like you couldn't battle the system, or you couldn't carry on. Just, just didn't want to be here. Just didn't want to be here, mate. And the only thing that keep, like, keeps the drive going these days is my little boy Elliot, who's seven now, and 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 the fact that I've connect, I've connected with my oldest son. But um, when was the last time you had a thought like that? What's that, mate? When was the last time you had a thought like that? What thought? You've had enough. Smalling? No. Nah. Um, no, 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 truthfully, no, 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 I know it's hard no, as I'm men. Very, as, no, as men, no, you, 
you go through ups and downs, you go through ups and downs, one, one minute, one minute you're happy, and then you just think, fuck, I can't do this. But, like, my little boy Elliot is my drive, is my drive through life now. That's what will keep me, if, if it didn't have him, I probably wouldn't be here. Because well, the reason why I ask you that is because as men, we like to pretend we can deal with fucking anything. Yeah, We like to put on a tough face. Yeah. I've done it. I yeah, do. Yeah. And at times I've been in a mess. And at times I've been scared or yeah, fearful yeah, yeah. or worried or down or all these different things. So I'm just wondering, yeah. So do, is, is life now? Because you look, let me tell you, there was a video of you when you was in Iraq. Where, where was that video from? So the video when you're in the car and you're driving and crashes well, that, a little bit. When's that from? No, 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 I was that was I was a contractor. When that was, was that from? What year? Two thousand and twenty. Well, you look really ill in that, buff. Yeah, you look ill. You look so much better now. So at that time, when I look at that, you don't look well, man. Like so, I was looking at you thinking, "Geez." And there was a few things at that time where you you didn't seem well. You seem a lot better now. Are you in a better place than you was? Are you are you still struggling? Now? I think I think putting words. Pen's paper, and the, obviously when Wolf follows you home, and then when the next one's released, I think that was a really good bit of therapy for me to, to, to get everything off my chest, and just yeah, I had to relive it as I was as I was writing it, but it I just think that is, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense, bruv. I just know if you've got other met so it, in your group chat of ten lads, they're all in the military. Have any of them, are they asking for help? Are people, do people seek help? Is it something that people don't want to do? Is it something that as a soldier, as a lad, you think you don't? You yeah, we, we confide in each other. You confide in each other? Yeah. Because they've all been in the circumstance to understand exactly. how you're feeling. But you go to, so you ask this question, right? When I left the army, I had to go to therapy. I was, fat. I was on GMTV, I was on Radio 4 Kill Factor. What was uh, on those programmes for? PTSD. Are they uh, talking about? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, Radio Four Kill Factor was about a guy in the Sanger that we spoke about earlier. Yeah. Uh, GMTV was about PTSD. Whilst I was battling the army, uh, so they had you on GMTV to discuss your PTSD. Yeah, they basically used me, and I went through uh, therapy with uh, talking to Mine's Cherry, which is a PTSD. Cherry. I don't mind you. Yeah, good, 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 good Cherry. Great like, Cherry. Did, uh, did it? You know what I mean? Did it? Give me therapy. Obviously, what what's that consist of? What's therapy? What happens? Their, their therapy was very different. I, I went through EMDR, which is in the army. Went through EMDR, which is they touch your legs and, and you, you backtrack. Basically, relive everything. Talking to minds with therapy was more therapeutic. And yeah, well, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. I went from hating. The military hating hating conflict, not willing to watch war films after Afghanistan, feeling suicidal, tried to take my own life, to doing talking to minds therapy. Don't know what the fuck they done to me, but then it reversed it reversed me. It helped, and then I decided I wanted to go back to war because that's where I felt like home was. Okay, so you've gone to minds and that's helped, and then you've come become a, become a subcontractor. Yeah. Minds, so let me talk me through. So the process of a soldier, is it free? Do you just go to your bosses and then you get sent to mines? Do you have to apply to mines for, for them? Mate, to no, I, I uh, a guy called Rob Paxman, he, he was he was an ex-SAS guy. Uh, they, they basically approached me through... Through a, Senior on GMTV? No, they put me on GMTV. Oh, okay. It, it, was them, it was them that put me on there. 
Okay. And uh, is that something that what I mean is is that is that something that's open to everyone in the military? If you're struggling or you're ex-military, can you just go and get therapy? I think what nowadays. I think nowadays because I went on GMTV. I'm not saying just me, but there's not that many people that speak out about it. So I, I believe that me speaking out about it may have saved a lot of lives because now people in the army are open to having PTSD. Back then it was, no, nah, I ain't got it. I ain't, I ain't got it. it. I, ain't I ain't got it. it. I ain't got it. I'm fine. I'm we're fine. proud. We're proud men. And then, and then you end up walking in the room and someone's hung themselves or something. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, men need to speak about it. Yeah. They need to open up about their troubles or fears or, and it's not you know women as well. Uh, it's just but now but now the army's not what it was, is it? I'm not in the army anymore. Well, you went and become a subcontractor. Yep. So what year? 2012. Gone to where? Started doing any piracy around Somalia. Was that good? Yeah, I loved it. Good yeah. money. Yeah, that's all right. What'd you get doing that? Irrelevant. <laughs> How much you get? A thousand man a week? Two thousand man a week? I can't remember, it was all paying dollars. Okay. Good pay though? Yeah, it was all right. Did you get any firefights with pirates? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Okay, so you, it was active? It was active, kinetic. Some days were boring as fuck. Some 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 months were boring as fuck. Where was I? Somalia? No? Red Sea. So it depends, it depends, it depends where you go. You'll go to, say, you might go to Suez and then go down the Red Sea. Past Djibouti, past past uh, Eritrea, uh, past um, Somalia. Well, they're all coming out trying to jack the boats, trying to rob the boats. That, yeah, that, that's basically yeah. Not every day they try and track, get the so they take the shipping containers and then offer and try and bribe money for to get uh, any any ship. I any mean, ship. the one that, the one that, that specific to me was in was in um, Yemen, based in two thousand eighteen, yeah. and I was uh, on a a ship that was made in the 60s. It had, no, it, it, it should... It Shouldn't should, have been at sea. It should not have been at sea at okay. all. It was run around. It, it was hot. I was pissed off. Uh, I was with a full Egyptian crew. But anyway... On the what, what relevance does it being Ramadan have? Because I couldn't eat at right, the right times. I had to... You had to... Because oh, the rest of your to, crew were Egyptian yes, and Muslim. Yes. So you were, they were only eating and so that meant you had to eat yeah, at a certain time. And obviously... But okay. it, you improvise that to your overcome. Do you know what I mean? It's as simple yeah. as that. You know, you, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not a, a big, it's not that much of a big deal. But coming back from Yemen that time, we we got approached by a skiff, and I had to take lethal force on those on on, on that as well. So as a sub, as a subcontractor, you, as a subcontractor, you're taking lethal force, taking lives. If you, 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 once again, you you, you, don't, you don't just shoot them. You you, you fire warning shots. Yeah. You can't just. No, you fire warning shots because they're coming up to the boat in boats, are they? Yeah. How skiffs. many? How many of them? Uh, two, three skiffs, one skiff. Okay. Armed RPGs, AK-47s. How many of you are they? So it started. It started. It used to be four Brits or four Americans. Then, as time went on, it'd be one Brit, two two Polish. No offense to them, but they were cheaper. Yeah, they wanted less money. They want less money. So then, they, but then it, but then it went down. To, then, then it got not. Then it went down to one a team leader like myself, to two Indians, two Sri Lankans. But I'm having to teach them how how to do the job. 
at the same time doing the job. So you're in a vulnerable position, I guess. Yeah. And on that day there, lethal force, you what, you've killed all of them, one of them, two of them, they, are they there? They stayed? I, 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 it was on the sea. I fired three, I fired two warning shots. I then fired three aim shots at the three men. And I know what happened next, but I ain't, getting, I ain't getting into that. Mm. Oh, what Let's happened, go into it. Let's what, go into it. No, what happened mm. next is I unloaded, rang my wife, and then went and watched Only Falls and Horses. Fuck's sake, Paul. <laughs> oh. so, so, unloaded as in you've killed the men on the boat, then you've sat on the ship, rang your wife, said what? My babe just killed three pilots. I, I, I think words to those affair pretty much was like, guess what just happened? <laughs> Go on. Guess, it was something like, guess, can... guess what's just happened? Yeah. This has just happened. She's like, oh, fucking hell. And I said, right. I said, yeah, I know, I'll speak to you later. I had no satellite phone. I said, oh, yeah. speak to you later. I'm going to get my head down. And put only fools and horses on. Got, got my nut down for a few hours. Just honestly asking, <laughs> being honest here, yeah, is this bravado or did or do did you feel anything that night? I'm asking seriously, man, because we can banter it off or we can laugh about it and yeah, I went and done this. Yeah, did, did you care? Did you feel scared? Did you? Did, 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 does that have an effect on you? Does, does, does the fact you've just killed three, well, it sounds like they're wrong ones anyway, but you've killed three <laughs> wrong ones. But is that an effect on your life? Has it affected your life? Like the first time, first time you pulled the trigger, it got a lot easier after that. Okay. Easier to do, the, easier to do at that time, but does it have a knock-on effect? Does that, because even up to recently, are you struggling? Do you still drink alcohol to get to sleep? Do you I, take sleeping tablets now? Yeah, I take sleeping tablets every night. Yeah. Every night. Okay, yeah. so you're on sleeping tablets. You're, are you addicted to sleeping tablets? Just speaking honestly. Because it will help people understand. To be, to be honest, I've never tried to sleep without one, so yeah, I guess so I am. So now you are? Yeah, I suppose I am, yeah. And alcohol? No, I'm not addicted to alcohol. Take it or leave it. But you take it how regularly on the evening to sleep? More binge drink during, yeah. with, the, with the lads and that, you know what I mean? When they finish work and all that, you know. Are you choosing to do that or are you driven to do that? What so, do you think, truthfully? If anything, I'll, I'll get them to come out. Yeah, so but so you, but are you doing that? I'll call are it, you doing I, I, that? I, call, to, I'll do it as well. I'll call it beer therapy. Yeah, but do you, does it actually help? Do you think time, it helps? At the time. At the time, that's at what I mean. Time. But but it does that leave you in a good direction for life? Would you sit here now and tell another soldier who's a young man, say your son, who gets in the military, would you say it's a good idea to drink yourself and keep, no. keep drinking? I, w I want my son, I want Elliot to be better than me. That's my driving life. So do you think you'd still need help? Do I need help? Hmm. I don't think it would help, but maybe. You don't think you can help? No. Or you don't want help? I've, I've tried, I, I, you know, I went to see, I, I, I did therapy in London when I was discharged from the army, okay. You're a fit lad. You're in good shape. Yeah. You 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 physically I, fit. I I've tried so many different therapies, and I, I even made going through my stories. I even made a counsellor cry in London. A therapist. She was so overwhelmed by things that we just spoke about. I opened up to her, and this is a profession. This is a professional uh, counsellor. Yeah. And she had tears in her eyes and. I was just like, fucking hell. But you see, 
Well, there's probably a thousand stories. Like we've gone through a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've probably got a thousand stories, a thousand memories. What I'm asking is, have you ever tried going straight teetotal? Have you ever tried going for that sort of therapy? Have no, you? No, I, I, I'm, 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 in all honesty, I don't know if I could. Yeah, is the fear of doing that? Do you not think you should try that? Do you think? Do you not think you might be in a better place if I'm not preaching because I've had all my problems myself? Yeah. What I'm asking you is the the binge drinking, the going on mad ones, the buying crates of beer and smashing them down your neck as a way of therapy. You said it's beer therapy. Is it therapy? Does it work? Would you be in a better place if you was waking up at six in the morning and going for a three hour walk? Would you be in a better place if you wasn't binge drinking? Would ha, would you would you contemplate trying a a sober teetotal, not needing any sort of medication, mind-altering substances. I, 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 it's, it's, that's great in theory, but I don't know if I could handle it with with with, with my the way my brain is, mate. To be honest with you. No, I get it. I'm just, I'm just asking because I, I, I couldn't live without the gym. I couldn't live without the gym. The gym helps him. The endorphin helps me, but then when it wears off, I've a few beers. You know what I mean? I don't. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know what you mean because I've never been no, in any no. of the situations you've been in. But I understand what you're saying, and I think a lot of people. I think is a very complex issue for men who have had to be faced with some of the things you've been faced with, decisions you've had to make, going to war, people dying, all these things. I couldn't imagine the knock-on effect or the mindset it creates or the struggle of post-PTSD, a complex PTSD with those sorts of memories. I'm just wondering if for yourself. If 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 it would be great if you could, what I'd like Have to do, ever, what I'd like to do, what I'd like to do, Steve, what I'd like to do, yeah, yeah, I would like to be a professional speaker and help people that are in my position because I know I can I can get people to open up. I, I know when I know what people are thinking. I, I know when people are struggling, and me t telling my story to them or me listening to them. Could help them. Do you know what I mean? I'd like, like I'd be, I'd be happy, or, or even happy to go be a public speaker at, at seminars about mental health, PTSD. I'd, I'd be happy to do that. I'm sitting here now talking to you. I'm sober now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I, I know. I know. I, do you know what I think would help you? Would be to go totally sober. That's just me. I'm not preaching that at all because I have. As I said, I just think it would help you to. Well, I don't know. I obviously I can't. I just think that. Um, I think it'd be good for you. You obviously like the gym. I love the gym. If I don't go gym three, four days, my mind's gone. Yeah. And I, and I spiral. Yeah. yeah. So I need to, I need yeah, to yeah, train yeah. every day. But I know that essentially I was in a similar position myself where you think, you. I used to think I'm choosing to go on the sesh. And then I thought, am I? Can I go without it? Can I? Because that, that, that few days on the sesh for me, when I hit it hard, yeah, when I was hitting it hard, is me escaping myself. Yeah, and it's for those twenty four hours or forty eight hours. I'm not Life, thinking. Life's great. Then, yeah. I'm not thinking about shit. No, I'm thinking. Hey, this is a great laugh, and I'm having a laugh, and we're all bantering <laughs> our beer dicks. But I'm thinking it's great, but it's not. It's 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 wrong. It's, it's, it's not. It's hurting thing. other people. In it. That, that, that's the thing. As what's your missus think now? What's your, what's your mum think now about you? If you if you're going on, if you're still hitting, or are they worried? Are they concerned? I, I, I don't listen. I can go into my relationship relationship fucking thing at the minute, but. My mum don't really talk to her. We have the we have the odd we have the odd text message now and again. I know she loves me. She knows I love her. She she made it quite clear in the text message the other week after the, the other podcast, Richard. But 
Do your friends worry about you? We've worried about you. Yeah. In the group chat, we've worried yeah, about yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've rang you sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Your mates, some of the other lads have worried about you. They message me, bloody hell, bruv. Yeah. Like, so do, do your mates worry about you? Yeah, they do, yeah. Yeah, they do. Hmm. I think the whole, the whole, the fact so many of our young men have been sent into war conflicts over bullshit, man, it winds me up so much. I just sit and talk to you here and just get angry with the government, man. And I get angry with the government for thinking what you've put these men through. Well, you know what? Put them through it, but then look after them afterwards. If, if, How do you feel about that? That's like, so I was made homeless, weren't I? Basically, yeah. essentially made homeless, yeah. Um, the, the amount of, the amount, look, without going into politics, you're getting people coming over, being housed, governed, fed, and then you've got people that serve the country. On the streets. On the streets, yeah. In mass numbers. Yeah. Neglected, abused, exactly. suffering, yep. needing help. Penniless, like, and then... Your son, anyway. what's your son's name? Which one? What's your, what's your youngest one? Seven Elliot. 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 As Elliot grows up, when he gets to 15, 16, when he's thinking about what he does when he leaves school, what would you say to him? He's already talking about joining the army, but... What would you say it, to him? I, I would advise it. I'd, I'd, do you know what? If he was going to join the army, if he was going to join the military, it's ultimately it's his decision, like it was my decision. Would you want him to? Um, I'd rather he join something like the Navy or the RAF because I don't want him to go through what I've gone through. Would you want it to be for the right reasons with your son? Not yeah, yourself. No. You've, you've, been, you've thought about things with yourself. When you're looking at your son, is going to fight... Say like now, say we get drawn into a conflict in Ukraine. Yeah. You were going to go to Ukraine, right? I, you rang me. I might be going, yeah, I did. Yeah. You rang me. Yeah. Said, I'm going to go for conflict in yeah. Ukraine. What do I say? Don't go. Don't fucking go. That's not our fucking war. Not just not our war, but we're on the wrong side in that war. Yeah. I believe, yeah. yeah we're yeah, totally yeah. on the wrong side. It's, it's us, it's NATO, it's our problem. We've destabilised it. People are dying in their tens and hundreds of thousands. And our government and the globalist agenda is what's orchestrating that. And young men like yourself, or old men like yourself now, 38, I am younger than me still, but old men like yourself, I would advise strongly against going to some of that. I would advise my son, if he was going to join, if he was going to join the forces, not to join the infantry regiment to be trained how to go and kill people, because that all, all that does is bring you back, fuck all. If he wanted to, if he wanted to join something, I'd say join the navy as an engineer. Something you can bring out. Bring out something you've got a career when you come out. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd advise him to go and make make something of his life. So when he when he's when he's decided to finish that life, he can bring something out of it and become something else. Yeah, so going it for a means of life rather than a means of war. Yeah, yeah. How was it when you left the military? You went and come contractor. You've gone to all these different places as a contractor. That's where I was getting videos from you yeah, when you yeah, was out. Yeah. You was out running around with you, yeah. going mad. But tell me, how is it then? What are you doing now? When you come from that, yeah, back to the UK. What you just meant to be have a civilian life, are you? Yeah. You meant to go from firing six hundred mortar propelled rockets, whatever it is, shooting and killing people, to, fighting to go to the pub, and I'm going back. Yeah. How's that? This is this is what I need to address, isn't it? For you, how's it been? Talk to tell me how how is it? Do you like it? Do you get scared at home? Are you do you have I purpose? If I didn't have my little boy, I'd be going. I'd go back tomorrow. You'd go back to war. Yeah, I'd go. If I didn't have Elliot, yeah, I'd go back tomorrow. 
you feel like your purpose at home now? Yeah, my son. Okay. Watching him grow up and be better than me is my aim in life. If he, if, he, if I can give him something that I've never had, then I've won. If I'll, I'll die a happy man. If I, if I can make him better than me, doesn't need to be rich. Doesn't need to. Doesn't need to. Doesn't need to. You know, become a fucking professional boxer or whatever. Just, I just want him to have a steady life, a better life than me. And and if I can achieve that. Whether whether I whether I my wife or not or, 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 or you know what I mean is is irrelevant. Do you know what? I don't want him to come from a broken family and then like he, 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 uh, he, I just want him to be better than me. All I want. Right. So I went to I went to therapy myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as I said, I was diagnosed with extreme post traumatic stress disorder, which was mad for me, and I felt like it, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't even be saying it. Didn't feel the right. Yeah. No, I, 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 I haven't. I haven't got the right. I haven't got it. So when I heard, you have, but yeah. I, I sat there, and then I went to that therapy for twenty eight days. They take your phone, which was perfect because I fucking get rid of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's an abuse. The abuser. So they got it in my phone. First time I had, now it's time to concentrate on me, yeah? And I sat around and listened to all these different stories, people telling their stories. And as they're talking through their stories, you'll have them, I listened, listened, listened. And each of them, my father was an alcoholic, my dad abused my mum, all these similar stories to you. And those stories were the reason that that person was sat in that room. Yeah. So they were the reason, yeah? So what I mean is, what I'm saying, what I'm saying to you is in the conversation, I shit myself at that point. I went, fuck, yeah, because I was going on benders. Yeah. I was causing problems at home, yeah. I was giving worry to my children, yeah. I thought at some point here, one of my children is going to sit in a room like this and I'm going to have been the reason that they're there. That's exactly my aim for my so, son, not, 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 not to be where I am in life. But not to be where you're in life, but sometimes the actions of where we're at in life now yeah. is what's going to drive your son to that position. That's why I mentioned to you about the problems. If you're having problems, even with your missus, or is it problems because you're drinking out, you're on the piss, you're on the sesh. If those problems, I realised when I looked there, I thought, I had a real light bulb moment. I rang up my, rang up my ex-wife and I said, get my son a counsellor. He needs to talk because he's obviously seen a lot. Yeah. With, with, he's, he's seen violence from people attacking me, threats to kill me in front yeah, of him. Yeah, yeah. He's seen all these things as a child and, he, and I've not let him talk, really. And not just not let him talk, but my way of dealing with it, you just said beer therapy, yeah. was my way. Yeah. And I used to just go on a bender. And, and, then, I'd, and then I'd go mental. So I just think that in sense of that, I sat there and got worried thinking, Imagine my son was sat in a room like this in 20 years' time talking about why he's in that room and that reason he's in that room Blaming is because you. of me. Yeah, I get it. So that's why I thought it changed my concept on my kids and thinking, Jesus, man, I need to be a better person. For, not just for them. Like, yeah, for me, but I might think... I, and that's when, when I'm asking, are you, are you choosing to have a few beers? No, I'm choosing to have a few beers. Not driven to them? Not I, my, son, my son comes first all the time. If, if, if my sister says to me, I don't want you to go to the pub, I won't go to the pub. If, if it's choice At seven, maybe seven now. When he gets to 10, 11, 12, mate, you'll be saying that. Because he won't want you going out for two days or for a day. Or for no. no, he doesn't know. He says it now. Talk, he... talk to me about Luton. Luton Town. What, football club? Yeah, your passion. Yeah, yeah. I love it. What do you love about it? <laughs> what, how long have you been a Luton fan? 
What's your first match you went to? Luton Man United. You went to Luton Man testimonial, United? Testimonial match. What year was that? Do you remember? 93, 4. Okay. Uh, who, who took you there? My granddad. Your granddad? Yeah. So that's your first memory of football? Yeah. Was your granddad? So, okay, I'm going to stop giving you shit about being a Luton fan. <laughs> <laughs> and the Man United bit. Yeah. Okay. Explains it. We have banter amongst Bravo because there's a picture of him in a Man United top and he says he's Luton. Oh, mate. So, okay. That makes sense. So, your granddad took you there. That's your first memory. You go football now. Is that is that a major part of your life now? Is it a major part of therapy to tell you as? Is that therapy? Is, it? Just, is that in a hobby? Is, is that a way of channeling yourself as well? It's just... Yeah, it's good to play, play, it? Yeah. yeah, I love it. I loved it. I just, well, I love it, mate. It's, it's, it's hobby. Yeah, yeah. Take your son at some point in the future. <laughs> 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 Fuck off. What? <laughs> mate, I used to go with lads and then I started yeah, going with my kids. Right, yeah. I wanted them to experience. You, you know what? that happy memory you just said you've got from when you fell into your first yeah, game? Um, yeah, but unfortunately, you, know, you can't get a ticket for shit, can you? Unless you're seen to get older, so... I get you for, for my, I've got a seating ticket, but you, you, you ain't just sitting next to your son here at seven years old. But yeah, yeah. I've got oh, a spare season ticket. Spare kids one. I bought myself. I got, I got myself a season ticket in case I can get off on this appeal in December because Luton are in the Premier League and they need to get there. All right, what's the future hold for you, Bravo? Where just what, what's, what is the future for you? Future for me, mate. And I'm you know yeah. having having this discussion. Because I know you, but didn't know you. Yeah. I didn't know any of this. Yeah. Didn't know about your childhood. Didn't know about your conflicts. We banter about being, you were at war. There's other soldiers in our group as well. Yeah, yeah. We all have a bit of banter about different things. But I didn't understand any of this, and it's helped me understand you. Good. It's helped me understand you. What is the future for you, bro? Future is to get this book out, launched, help people, get the second book out, and... Just, just to reach out to help. I don't want people to keep committing suicide. And if people are struggling, even though I, this is a way of me reaching out to everybody else. Are you, are you still struggling? Though? I could. Are mate, you mate, through mate. the struggle? Will you? Will a soldier ever be through the struggle? I, will someone with PTSD ever be through that struggle? Is, is it something they'll have to? You, live you with? know yourself. Yeah. You know yourself. You've got it yourself, but but for different reasons. You know. Mm. People that have been raped have got it. You know, Nicole's got it. Uh, a lot of people have got it. You know, and who's Nicole? Rape Britain. Oh, 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 from the Rape Britain. Okay, okay, sorry. Yeah, okay, yeah. Victims. But no, it doesn't just have trauma. Yeah, no, no. You, you, but people think it's from tra- from war. But can, do you think you had PTSD as a child? Do you think that you a lot of your problems come from your childhood after this? I. Who knows? Mm. That's why. That's. Who knows? Who knows what's driving it? Read the second book and then make a decision on that. Where can they get this book? You can get that, Amazon. On Amazon. On Amazon, yeah. So go on Amazon, put When War, War Follows You Home. Yeah. Bravo. Wars followed, you, wars followed You Home. Yeah, mate, I'll say so. Continues to follow you. Um, yeah. And you have plans to write a second book and your second book is about what? The other conflicts this covers? The, uh, this is half a story. So the second book's basically the manuscript was was too big to write one book. So it's been condensed into two books. Okay. So this is the first one. Once this is a, once this is a, once people have had a chance to get their head around this one, then it'll be time to continue the story. The journey and 
Yeah. And hopefully helping others. Whoever's come, yeah. Come forward and speak. And, and, and if it can't. What advice would you give? There's a young lad now. He served in the army. <clears throat> he's back home. He's proud. Everyone thinks he's a big tough man because he's been in the military. But he's feeling down. He's feeling shit. But he's not letting anyone know that. Yeah. Reach just out. Reach, reach out. out to who? Re reach out. Just reach out, man. Reach, reach out to your family. Reach out to your friends. Be reach honest. out to your missus. Be honest. Yeah. Talk about struggles. Yeah. Speak up. Speak up. Don't, don't, don't. There's keep... nothing to be ashamed of. No. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Men, men struggle with it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Bravo. It's been a pleasure, man. Cheers, mate. Thanks for the time. There, you've heard it. You've heard part of Bravo's story. Ben Close. If you want to go buy his book, men, if you're watching this and you're struggling, speak up. He's entirely right. Speak to your loved ones. If you're having negative thoughts, negative impact, everyone's been there. What you don't realise is when I sat in a room with 28 different people, I realised that every one of them, that you'd never think if you met them in the street, had mass problems. And the only way they can solve them is by being open about them and discussing them and searching for a way. So you know I'm censored. You know I'm not, they don't want anyone hearing my conversational messages. This is a very important message. Talking, about, talking openly about post-traumatic stress disorder is important at this time. Um, please like, share, subscribe. And I thank any one of you who is a signature or signs up to sub, uh, subscribe to help me create my content because I think there are important discussions that need to be had. Thank you, peace and love to you. Carry on watching for more interesting guests. I'll talk to anyone, I'll debate anyone, I'll hear anyone's story. If you want to help me along that way, it's not free, I need your support. If you can support my family, that gives me my peace of mind. It means I can continue to do the work I do you can do so at www.supporttommy.com. I appreciate every bit of support, as do my children. It gives me the ability to fly them out here to see me so I can stay in constant contact with them. I'm de-platformed and I'm censored, so I need you. I need you to share this content. Make sure you stay tuned for upcoming weekly guests, interesting guests, exciting guests. I'm Tom Robson, and this has been my podcast, Silence.